This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome. Thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, CEO of Agrinovis Indiana, and this is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience, the people, the products, and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. The Ag Bioscience economy is the only economy that touches every person on the planet, given that it centers on food. It's necessary for life, and for generations, Indiana and its farmers have served a critical role in the global food supply chain. Now, Indiana has a farmer leading the charge to shape the next chapter, the next generation of the state's ag economy. And he joins us today. Welcome Indiana State Department of Agriculture Director, Don Lamb. Don, welcome to Ag Bioscience. Thank you very much, Mitch. I'm I'm proud to be here for a lot of different reasons, but one thing is I do listen to your podcast well, and I enjoy you. it. And so to be on it is just kind of exciting in itself. Well, it is good to have you here, Don. The Indiana State Department of Agriculture, really a unique state agency with connections to everything from grain storage to soil conservation, even economic development. Before we dig into what's ahead for the department, we have to learn more about you. You're a farmer, the second generation farmer, an entrepreneur, a community leader. Share more about the Don Lamb story. <laughs> well, it, it does start with my dad when you say second generation farmer. Um, I am very proud of my dad. He grew up in Indianapolis and uh, went to Butler, studied business, uh, went into the Air Force, was in Italy wow. and rented a farm through the mail. So uh, when I wow. say that story, you know, there's a lot beneath that story. And but I just think about everything about the way we communicate today with email and this and that, and then try to translate that back to what that was like in, in you know, the early 1960s. Right. And uh, so it's an incredible story that he was able to do what he did. So I'm proud of my dad for that. And then he gave, you know, my brother and I an opportunity to be on the farm and uh, went to Purdue and studied ag econ and just always wanted to be uh, a farmer. So I've, I've loved that life. I've lived that life. Uh, been able to be involved in some great farm organizations, a lot of networking uh, across my life. I'm a people person, so it's been you know easy to make connections. And uh, but I did I was on a school board for a while, and I'm, I was on the county council there in Boone County, so I had some experience that way. And then uh, when I got the opportunity to do this, it just seems like the season of life was right, and uh, I am really excited and honored to be in this spot. Well, ADN is better because you are serving and Don, just really elated to work with you as part of Agronovus, as part of the State Department of Ag. And if we look back in history, the State Department of Ag is, is relatively a new organization created by Governor Mitch Daniels, serves as a key member of the governor's cabinet. Share more about the role of the Indiana State Department of Agriculture and the work that you and your team are leading across yeah. the state. Well, one thing I think it's important, what you said is right. We need to look back and think about it because I remember when that was, when the, when the Department of Ag was created. Right. And I remember the excitement. I remember the momentum. I mean, we were really, as in agriculture, we were excited that, that Mitch Daniels was putting enough priority on agriculture to make it, to make it its own department. And, and I think over time you sometimes forget that. So I'm not saying we've done a poor job since then, but, but we would need to be reminded that that's, it's a big deal. And um, a big deal. there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things going on in the ag world and it, how it connects to Indiana. As far as being part of the cabinet, I think that's an interesting question too, because yesterday was my very first cabinet meeting. And, um, and it was kind of surreal to be sitting there and thinking about what that's like. And, and the thing I can tell you is yesterday, if you consider what we've just been through with the weather, the cabinet meeting, meeting revolved around how do we deal with this right. and what do we do? How do all these agencies that are in this room work together to make things better for people? And I was just so impressed that, you know, people are people. Right. And uh, there was a lot of compassion in that room. And there was a lot of people that what can I do with my agency to make this better for, for people whose lives have been really uh, destroyed, really, or, or hurt, turned around. 
And so I can tell you, you know, the, the, the fun part about being in, in that position is being able to see that people are people and uh, the position is just a position. And uh, so it's really an honor to be a part of that. It's incredible to see the scope of the State Department of Agriculture. You have multiple different divisions. We've had a chance to work with them, certainly on the economic development front. Can you give us sort of a thumbnail sketch of who the State Department of Agriculture is? Well, the Department of Ag, you know, we do a lot of different things. Economic development's part of it. And then sure. when we think about economic development and the way that you think about it, you know, uh, you're, you're thinking uh, ag biosciences and you're thinking the big picture of economic development across the state. We are too. We're a part of we're a part of that, and we think about hardwoods. We think about right. Indiana grown, and uh, we think about trade missions. We think about how do we develop the agricultural piece of the puzzle that goes along with the overall economic development piece of the puzzle. And then we've got FFA in in that organization, right. so yeah. we've got a great group of team, the great team that works on that. Uh, we've got um, we've got uh, soil and water conservation, so. That's always one of our priorities, and uh, that's a great group of people. We've got a policy uh, team that, that keeps an eye on what's going on in legislature and how that uh, how that works. Yeah, when you look at what the State Department of Agriculture is and the role of Indiana agriculture, I mean, it is a key component of the broader global economy. The state now the eighth largest ag exporter in the U.S. Everything mm -hmm. from duck and poultry production to watermelons, mint, corn, mm -hmm. soybeans, pork, big diverse mm -hmm. portfolio of products uh, sold globally. Share more about Indiana's position in the global food system. Right. Well, when we think about grain marketing, we, we sometimes talk about the backyard uh, theory where we look at our back door and we think, well, I've got a good corn crop and that should affect the market. And it really doesn't um, because we're just seeing it at our back door. And I've, I'm working with that as I come from being sure. a grain farmer into what uh, you know the economy, the ag economy in Indiana is. I think about corn and soybeans and maybe a little bit of wheat in my world. But boy, it's a lot bigger than that. So I'm learning that. I'm, I'm learning about the other industries that are involved. Um, I mean, again, hardwood is a is an example and, and uh, all the different things that we produce. And, and we are a global economy. And the thing that we have to remember is that we overproduce. We, we need to be a part of that global economy because that's what allows us to keep growing, allows us to keep being successful. And, you know, at the Department of Ag, we've also got uh, people that concentrate on trade. And um, right. in our economic development group, we've got people that travel and think about how can we sell our products in Indiana to other countries. And and if we didn't have that, it would it would really be an economic detriment to the farmers here in the state. Yeah, you look at this connectedness that exists. And it, when we look at what is happening, Don, in this ag bioscience economy here in Indiana specifically, new research you and I have just talked about, more than $6 billion of growth mm -hmm. from January 19 through the end of 2021, really, really in tremendous growth across all sectors of the economy, food, animal health, plant science, ag tech, production ag. Share more from your perspective about the criticality of these sectors in Indiana and the cornerstone, the mm -hmm. cornerstone that is mm -hmm. production agriculture. Mm -hmm. You can't have the others without production right. ag. Right. I, I love that question. And, and I'll kind of throw it out and say, I want to be like Mitch, because <laughs> you do such a good, Agronovus, and you have done such a good job of elevating the story of that and talking about that and making that a part of who we are. Ag biosenses is huge and it's big and it's part of our economic development. And, you know, the thing about production agriculture is we are a piece of that puzzle. We're, we're an, well, we're an extremely important part of that puzzle. Yes. We have to be there. And I think we as farmers in production ag kind of forget that. And sometimes we can not think about the fact that we're on the same team. And and it reminds me when I think about that that sort of thing. When I was in high school, I played a little bit of basketball. I wasn't real great, but I but I did play ball. And one of those drills was going up and down the court, throwing that ball back and forth. 
And then somebody, you know, we couldn't dribble. You can right. do it on your own. You had to throw it back and forth. And at the end, somebody makes a layup. And when I think about how, you know, we in production agriculture can look at ag biosciences, I look at it like that. We're, if it wasn't for us buying products and using products and, and doing that, then there wouldn't be the, the money for the research and development to create these products. And then to use those products to increase what we're doing and to, and, and to be able to do a better job for in every way, producing, you know, low cost food, but also being good for our environment and being good for health, all those things that the ag bioscience part brings to us. It's just a great partnership. And we throw that ball back and forth. Absolutely. And at the end, somebody gets to make a layup, you know, and it can't be the same one each time, you know, both of us have to have to win and, and, um, and, and we're on the same team. So, you know, I want production agriculture to be on the team solidly with ag biosciences and know that we work together. And, and I want to be a part of that puzzle with you as we talk about that. Oh, it's so in encouraging and inspiring, Don. We are traveling across the country and around the world, talking with startups, talking with early folks in ag bioscience, what they always need access to is they need access to acres, they need access to customers. Mm -hmm. And it's the greatest companies that we've seen really emerge on that early stage coming to Indiana. Mm -hmm. The magnet that's been able to bring them here is that connection between acres and customers and innovation. That's where these worlds come together. Right, right. And Indiana is in such a unique spot because of all the resources we have here and great farmland. That's exactly Great right. animal production. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it just works out. We're very synergistic in what we do. That's good. And you've mentioned you're a second generation farmer, also an entrepreneur, and you're always humble <laughs> on this piece. So I want to dig into that a little bit. But what you've witnessed just amazing amounts of innovation mm -hmm. on the farm. Mm -hmm. As you look at what's happened from inputs, seed fertilizer, even to equipment, what are some of those greatest innovations that mm -hmm. you've seen in your tenure on the farm? Mm -hmm. And how has that really shaped or changed the work that you're seeing in production agriculture? Right. Well, just like your previous question, it, it is important to look back sometimes because we forget. Yeah, I think our first yield monitor in a combine was in 1991 and in a case combine, I'm sorry. But, um, but someday, uh, <laughs> someday, Don. I do remember you using a green planter. If I yeah, remember. We'll, we do. We'll, maybe another time, we maybe another that. time. We'll talk, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But, um, but no, you know, you, you think about the idea of using GPS and monitoring yield as it comes into a combine and being able to create a map right. of your production. And that was really the first, you know, mechanical part of what we saw. And, and, and that was incredible. And, and, uh, that was in 1991. And then from there on, it's just been this slow evolution of all these different products and all these different things. And we went to fertilizer and using variable rate technology to, to do our soil samples and then put fertilizer right where it should be and not over fertilizing. Uh, lime was a great example of how we learned how to, how to manage lime so much better because of variable rate, because of GPS, you know, and it went into all other things. Today, I look at it and say, I think a planner is probably the most uh, amazing piece of equipment that, so that true. If, if you stop and think about it and it can be a green one. We do have a couple <laughs> green ones and, um, and, Grateful uh, for that. and, uh, so, but, but you think about we're, we're putting a seed in the ground and we're, we're variable rate seed, seeding rates based on soil type. So we're loading a soil map into the, into the, into the tractor and we're steering that tractor across the field with GPS and it knows when it crosses different soil types and it puts a different amount of seed down because of that. And then we've also got two different liquid fertilizer systems based on, you know, the micro uh, nutrients that we're wanting to apply. Um, and, and so two different systems, whether it goes with the seed or beside the seed, and then we can variable rate the amount of that that's going on as we cross in different soil types. And, and you're doing all this at now up to 10 miles an hour. Right. And, and, uh, the production is incredible. So, 
you know, and then we're using drones and we're not only seeing weeds, we're identifying weeds. So we're using artificial intelligence to know if it's a broadleaf or a grass and maybe what part of the field you need to spray a herbicide just to kill that one specific weed. And uh, so there's things like that. They're just incredible right now when it comes to the, to the production side of, of agriculture. And then, you know, one thing that I would say, and this isn't a negative, but I think about when my brother and I were young, 10 years old, we started driving tractors, you know, and we, that's what really built that love of agriculture. Right. And for us, we were just, we were disking, we were plowing, we were, you know, got to be the planter driver eventually, maybe a combine. And, and we loved agriculture that way. That's one thing that's changed is you can't put a 10 year old in a half million dollar piece of equipment that's run by a computer. Now they may be able to run the computer better than I can, but, <laughs> but, but you can't, you can't do it like that. So there's been a change in, in kind of the social structure, structure, let's say of, of agriculture. And we got to keep those young people excited about the technology and about learning and innovating and, 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 and that instead of when we were young, it was all about sitting behind a steering wheel and watching smoke. Right. And um, so it's just different, but it's good. I think that inspiration, that engagement, the energy around connecting generations, connecting people to ag bioscience, so critical. We've seen really entrepreneurs, innovators drawn, venture capitalists drawn into ag bioscience. In fact, Don, this, I love this stat. It's one of my favorite three of the top five venture capital deals in Indiana in 2022 were ag bioscience companies. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, to me, that says everything mm -hmm. back to the point around production ag, being connected mm -hmm. to innovators, three of the top five, all venture capital deals in Indiana in 22, mm -hmm. three of those, three of the top five were ag bioscience companies. Mm -hmm. What advice, you're a farmer, you're now leading the State Department of Agriculture, what advice can you share with innovators really looking to advance innovations in ag bioscience, specifically those mm -hmm. that you would have worked with on the farm? Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you ask that question, I immediately think of my brother and uh, my brother that I just abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think about, uh, you know, I, I've taken, and he's got two boys that are coming on and the farm's going to be great, but, but he just lost a partner. Right. And, and I think about all the complexity that goes along with farming today, all the decisions that have to be made. And, and, uh, you know, he, he not only runs that planner that we're talking about, uh, but he also has to think about all the inputs that go into that. And then you think, uh, traits and you think about, um, different seeds with different herbicide programs. And our farm might have five or six different platforms that we have to balance. And if you do the wrong thing, you, you, it really costs you. And so complexity is such a big deal. And um, I would say, for one thing, farmers don't have time to be the re research and development part of, of, of these issues. You know, we can't, you can't give us a product and then, hey, could you try this and see how it works? Because we just don't have the time to be able to do that anymore. So it needs to be a product that's pretty well ready to go to the field. And then anything that can be a reduction in that complexity, make life a little simpler because all this technology has been really good, but from the human side of it, it's it's a little overwhelming. Sure. And um, so we can't do a lot more. We need to be able to keep things a little bit more simple. Anything that can add, that can make some simplicity out of a complex situation is really good for farmers right now. Well, I think that's the the key to leadership, right? Take the complex and make it simple. And then mm -hmm. I, it's interesting when you talk about this idea of we can't be the R&D operation, we can't be the R&D center for uh, these young, innovative companies. I think that's a really important piece because mm -hmm. this is a multivariate equation. Production agriculture, multivariate, to your point, different platforms, mm -hmm. all kinds of different soil types, mm -hmm. wide complexity, add-on weather variability. I mean, mm -hmm. this is a really complex system. Mm -hmm. Don, as you sort of think through what, what is it? What is it these innovators, if you said, hey, look, innovator X, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I really need this thing solved. Is there a this thing or is it such a complex equation that there's not one thing that's at the mm-hmm. top of the list? It's a whole bunch of things at the top of the list. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's B. Yeah. I, you know, there is not one thing. There's not going to be a silver bullet. And the thing that's cool about agriculture is there's so many different ways. Every farm is different. So yeah. every farm concentrates on a little different thing. And that's the freedom that you have in your business as it's an entrepreneur. You know, we're the same as those innovation companies. Every farm is its own innovation company. So we might look at something and, you know, we've concentrated on, I call them premium crops. They're not specialty crops because it's all corn, soybeans, and wheat, but it's, it's a crop that will have a premium above that. And that's kind of been part of our DNA. Sure. But somebody else, you know, there's a farm right next to us that's just as successful and they don't do that. They concentrate on something else. They concentrate on some efficiency and they don't have five different platforms to worry about and they can do things a little bit um, faster. And, and so there's so so no, there's not going to be one answer that's going to be teamwork. And when I say things like we don't want to be the research and development, too, for these ag bioscience groups, it doesn't mean we don't want to be a team. That's right. You know, we, yes. we want to be part of it. And 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 we, you know, we're not saying just give us a product that we can use and, and we want to give feedback. We want to be a part of the team. So that's, that's what it's about is, is, uh, you know, lots of complexity, lots of different things, but keep it, you know, what, whatever that farmer is concentrating as his part of his DNA for his entrepreneurial business, business, yeah. make that better. Ah, that's good. It's such good advice. And th- I think the other complexity here is you only get 30, 35, 40 chances as a farmer, right? <laughs> this isn't like tech where we can mm-hmm. go and push another update next week, or mm-hmm. we can continuously push updates. I mean, this is a very finite window. Mm-hmm. If you get it wrong once, mm-hmm. it's tough to recover. Oh, that's right. And and I love looking at, looking at it that way. I think there's a book out there that's called 40, 40 chances? chances. That's exactly right. By Howard Buffett. Great book. Great book. And, and it makes you really realize, <clears throat> you know, a little bit. I'm looking at this a little bit this way in my role right now. You know, my role in this spot in agriculture won't be here forever. And so I've got a certain amount of time to make sure that I make the most of this of this time. And and farmers think the same way. And, uh, you know, in, in reality, time moves pretty fast. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. All right, Don, last question for you. New on the job, maybe about a month in now, what can we expect to see in the future from the Indiana State Department of Agriculture? Uh, anything new on the horizon? Well, for one thing, yes, I'm still learning. So, so trying to find the sweet spots and all, but there is a great team there. I've said that over and over in the last four weeks. Um, Soil conservation is a big deal. And, um, you know, I think one thing as farmers we have to realize is that is a part of our world. And, uh, you know, if, if you're not involved in soil conservation, uh, you need to be. And, and uh, because that's just where there's going to be a lot in our future. And that means we have to figure out how to produce at a high level using great responsible soil conservation practices. And so that's a big part of it. There's 15 million crop acres in Indiana, about 2 million acres of cover crops are used. And, and so, and cover crops isn't the silver bullet, like, like we were talking, there's not a silver bullet, but it's, a, it's, it's an indicator of right. things that are being tried. So we need to be able to do things like that more. So more soil conservation is a big deal. We think about land resources. There's a house bill 1557 right now that's going through just to say, where is land going? You know, not necessarily that it's good, bad, or indifferent, but when land changes away from production agriculture, what's it going to, and how does that affect our economy? And 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 so that that's going to be a big piece of our next five to ten years is, is kind of analyzing some of that. You can't get away from mental health, and uh, I see that all the time in, in people that I deal with in, in this role. 
And, and I would say that's, that's just one thing that uh, when I talked about the complexity of a farm and what goes on, there's a lot of stresses on a, on production ag, ag this day. You know, you think about the animal side, you think about a disease coming in, the potential of wiping out your flock or your herd right. and these things that are out of your control and you've got to deal with it. So uh, farmers are not the best normally at, at being open about, about that, but there's stress and a lot of stress. So that's always going to be a part of things. And then I love thinking about Indiana Grown um, as part of our economic development plan. These are the entrepreneurs that are starting with it, whether it's it's honey or flowers or, or, or popcorn or whatever it is that they want to produce at their own farm and take it to uh, a new level. And again, I see that as part of that. That's part of that puzzle, too. They're, they're on the Absolutely. basketball team throwing it back and forth, even with ag biosciences. It, it, it goes all the way from ag biosciences down to the flower farm. And we're all together. And so um, Indiana Grown is a big piece of our future. So good. Don, thank you so much for spending time. Don Lamb is director of the Indiana State Department of Agriculture. Really a delight to spend time with you. Great to be with you. Thank you. And thank you for tuning into Ag Bioscience. You can get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. While there, you can access our entire library and give us a review. Don't forget, you can always learn more online at agronobisindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronobis team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovis Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business. Hosted by Mitch Frazier. Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agronovisindiana.com.